Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another Arse Blog Arsecast. Coming up on this week's show, we'll be chatting to the man from East Lower. We've got some talk shite radio, a buoy, a player history, and lots more. Sort of. Stay tuned. So hello and welcome to another Arsecast on arseblog.oleole.com. We've got plenty to talk about this week, much more than last week because we are in the middle of Arsenal stuff, whereas last week we were right at the end of the international break. We've played almost three games. We've played exactly two games, uh, which is almost three. Nobody can, nobody can tell me that two is not almost three, especially when the game is tomorrow. So we'll be looking back on Dynamo Kiev and Blackburn and looking ahead to the Bolton game. As I said, the man from East Lower will be here in a little bit. We've got a player history from the man in the bar. Uh, Ibue is there and there's some talk shite radio as well. So since we last spoke, we scored four goals in the league, conceded none, which is very nice. It's nice to beat Blackburn. It's nice to beat Paul Ince. It's nice to beat a team that goes out and gives you a bit of a kicking as they did in the first half. Uh, and they start singing at our players, same old Arsenal, always cheating, when one of our players has just been kicked in the ankle or raked down the shins by one of their scummy bastards. So that's why when you score four goals and you sing same old Arsenal taking the piss, it's it's just tremendously enjoyable. The 4-0 win, always good. But when you get it over on a team like Blackburn, and not even so much a team, but the fans, because they really are the most awful fans, I think, they, they, I, I hate them. So to win like that is, it just makes it all the more enjoyable. A hat trick from Emmanuel Adibayor, uh, one from Robin Van Persie, Van Persie giving Adibayor the penalty, which, uh, you know, I've got Van Persie in my fantasy football team here. So I was a little upset by that, but uh, really it doesn't make any difference. It just makes me slightly less crap than slightly closer to winning any kind of prize. So I'm not going to get too stressed out by it. Uh, we were a bit suspect at the back in the first half in particular. Better in the second half. We um, yeah, we got opened up a couple of times. The crosses from the left and the right were troubling. Uh, Gallas and Toure. And um, yeah, I think that's something we need to work on. Uh, those concerns continue obviously into the, uh, into the Kiev game. And we'll discuss those in a little while. But it was uh, four goals. None conceded and, and just the kind of way we wanted to come back from the international break because we have had from time to time, uh, the odd hangover, uh, from the international breaks where we don't tend to, uh, we don't tend to play too well after those. Uh, Kiev in midweek, I really thought we were going to go there and win, but, um, yeah, we should have. We should have. Adibayor had a, an absolute, uh, nailed on chance 
in the first half. I'm not quite sure how he missed because I know if that was me, I could score that. You know, and and really, you know, I like to talk up my own footballing ability, but I'm not that good, and I'm a defender. But I could have scored that, and uh, I think had we scored that one or scored the one, uh, the Sesk chance uh, from Robin Van Persie, uh, then I think it would have been a different bucket of flame altogether. Some people a little concerned about Sesk, but the only thing I would say about that is, remember, he did play right to the very end of Euro 2008, so he's going through essentially what is his. Uh, pre-season at the moment so uh, he's going to be a little quiet uh, but it's good to have him back in the team Uh, they got a penalty which was obviously never never a penalty very clever play we saw Ibue have a good dive uh, on Saturday against Blackburn and I've watched the replays over and over again and people say you should no look he doesn't he touches him but I mean Ibue is already flying through the air and heading towards the ground before the guy even even gets near him um and that was a dive, but uh, the, the the Kiev guy grabbed Sanya on the blind side and pulled him, pulled his shirt and pulled him down on top of him. And from where I was looking, uh, in the first uh, in the first run of it, it looked like a penalty. And you know the ref bought it. In fairness to the ref, he did book one of their guys for diving, and he wasn't falling for too much of the crap. But uh, it was very clever forward play. So maybe Abue should um, look at that video, improve his technique somewhat. Uh, but uh, that put them 1-0 up and then it took uh, late William Gallas goal after a great work from Theo Walcott uh, to equal the game and I don't think anybody could argue that we weren't worth at least a point in that game of course when we were chasing it it opened up a little bit at the back and uh, Kiev might have done better with a two-on-one but they they really rather fucked that up so uh, thankfully uh, that's what happened Arsene Wenger frustrated at the end because of the injury time, but I think more uh, frustrated indeed with the chances that we had in the first half and didn't take. Had we taken those chances, I think we would have come back from Kiev with all three points. As it was, it was just one point, but that's a a darn sight better than we've come back from Kiev in the past. So uh, let's look on the positive side of things. Uh, It's a decent away point, and Kiev, as the winter progresses, are going to be more difficult to play. So for uh, Porto and for Fenerbahce, uh, they're going to have a much more difficult time out there than we did. Our next Champions League game is in a couple of weeks' time at home to Porto. And uh, three points there would do very nicely indeed. And now to uh, help us look back on the key, uh, Kiev game and the Blackburn game and ahead to the Bolton game this weekend, uh, we welcome the man from eastlower.co.uk. Hello there. A good day. Um, okay, let, let's start with the midweek game against Dynamo Kiev. Uh, I thought we could go there and I thought we could win. And I think we probably should have won given the chances we made in the first half. But uh, as it turned out, a draw, uh, yeah, it was it was nice to get it in the end. Def- definitely, I didn't think we would. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I came into the game a bit late and uh, we were all over the shop, pretty pretty much running ragged, ragged at that point. But um, in, in the end, yeah, I mean, a, a, a very last... Uh, Last-minute goal and and one one. I think that was no more than we deserve, but um, and it's not a bad result at all. Do you think possibly um, that the the fact we got the late goal and and the sort of joy that that brings because you get a late goal, it, it makes a draw seem a bit more winnish than just a draw, if you know what I mean. It's sort of um, papered over the cracks just just a little bit because uh, the goal we conceded we were unlucky from the penalty but we were a bit all over the place and, and the central defence um, is an aspect that worries me are you a little concerned about that? 
I, I am actually. Um, I, I mean, having having said that, up until uh, up until the the Kiev game, you know, we we scored eleven with no reply. But um, nevertheless, uh, I, I don't know whether you know you look, you do look at players at other teams, big central defender players, and you kind of think we could do some with someone like that. But um, uh, I do worry a little bit. But then giving them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't let a whole lot of goals in this season, and Gallas has nicked in and got a few good ones as well. So maybe we hold back on on the judgment of that for for the time being. Theo Walcott, uh, Arsene Wenger said the Kiev players went out to destroy him, which I thought was quite um, wonderfully over the top. Really, uh, he, he got a bit of attention, of course, because of the profile he picked up playing for England, and I think that's something he's going to have to get used to in his career. It was very encouraging to see him not get kicked out of the game as has happened to other players we've seen in the past for example Reyes people always talk about him never being the same after that game at, at Old Trafford but Theo was uh, he took his uh, took his kicks and he set up the equalising goal yeah it's, it's, I mean he, he's got this amazing ability to sort of to ride these challenges as well certainly he did on um, against Kiev which was quite promising and uh, I don't know maybe with, with Reyes yeah, I think it turned out that mentally he wasn't probably quite there strong enough and uh <laughs> Walcott, you know, at times I suppose he's so young we forget that. But at times we kind of think, oh, has he got it? But he seems to. He seems to have, and, and his um, his passing and his crossing in particular has absolutely been on fire at the moment, hasn't he? So it's such a it's, it's so promising to have him. He's like a new player. I mean, I know it's a complete cliche, and I apologise, but he he is a bit like a new player. Mm. Uh, and I suppose we need him given the fact that we've got Nasri out uh, and Rosicky out, and on the wings we're we're a little stretched at the moment. So it's good to see him come along. And we've got our other winger, Diaby, out as well. Oh, yeah. Forgot <laughs> and, of course, Mike, Mike Sylvester's out as well, which is uh, probably mm. not going to surprise you very much. No, no. Um, all right, well, that followed up a, a great win against Blackburn at the weekend. Again, in the first half against Blackburn, we were uh, rather suspect to, to their attacks and from crosses, which caused some panic in the central defence, and um, maybe better finishers would have punished us. But as it turned out, it was a 4-0 win in the end. Uh, a hat-trick for Adi Bayor, and I think that will probably do him a, a lot of good. Yeah, definitely. He um, uh, he, he, he was pretty good, actually, I thought. And uh, I mean, I know the goals came uh, quite late, but uh, he is a great physical presence, and I know he dallied with... Uh, uh, he dallied with leaving in the summer and, and he did it really badly and his PR was crap. But uh, ultimately, I think if we, want, if we want a challenge for anything this year, we need him on side and it's time to kind of celebrate what he does well rather than sort of slag him off. I know, I know uh, it's a bit of a... He's, he, you know, he, he really, really shouldn't have done what he did, but that's football, isn't it? Mm, it is these days, isn't it? So we're, yeah, we're, I afraid so, yeah. We're the cuckolds and he just goes about scoring goals. Yeah, well, what can we do? I mean, you know, the man, he, he engineered himself a hefty pay rise and as long as he scores 30-plus goals, what, you know, and, and he contributes to the team, then that's perhaps uh, all we can really ask for in this, uh, this day and age. I mean, let's be honest, he's not going to be an Arsenal player forever. No, and if he only scores 29 goals, then we're absolutely right in giving him as hard a time as we want. I will throw my season ticket on the pitch. <laughs> well, after shitting on it. <laughs> pretty much after shitting on it absolutely yeah. right and setting it on in the fire. ground that is yeah yeah, yeah absolutely alright uh, it was uh, like you say it was a, a great sequence of, uh, of results since the Fulham game we've had two very difficult away trips I suppose uh, we've got another one that's always proved relatively tricky and that's Bolton so we're going to all the most picturesque parts of the world uh, Blackburn <laughs> uh, Kiev and, and Bolton um, how do you expect to uh, how do you expect us to go uh, against Bolton tomorrow? Do you think there's going to be some rotation of the squad? 
Um, probably, yeah, I would have thought so. I don't know what to expect, to be honest, because uh, Blackburn and Bolton, I usually bunch them into the same group and think tough games. If we come out of there with a win, it's always a good result. But we coasted it. I mean, I know, I know, as you said, uh, uh, Blackburn could have and should have scored in the first half, but we basically coasted that game. And now I'm thinking, oh, are we going to coast against Bolton as well? But again, we have such a bad record against Bolton. I'm, I, I wouldn't want to stick my neck out on that. Having said that, they have only won, uh, I think, once so far, and that was against Stoke. So... I don't know. I don't know. Um, hard to say. Right. I think there will be some rotation, yeah. I think it's inevitable. Probably up front a bit as well. What did, what did you make of the formation? Was that a typical um, European formation in midweek? We had Alex Song uh, doing that kind of holding role. How, how did you see his performance? Well, I think, actually, uh, you know, Alex Song was the butt of our jokes before Ebue came along, and uh, or perhaps at the same time. And um, he really has come on. I, I, think he, I think he's going to be a good player. He's still young and inexperienced, but... He pretty much held things together, you know, really well. And his haircut's coming on as well, which I think is nice. Uh, it, it is. It's like having Sideshow Bob in your team. <laughs> it's fantastic. He, he looks the part these days. He's much better than he did about a year ago. I, I would love to see Alex Song walk on a load of rakes going, every time he hits a rake. <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, that would be quite fun, I suppose. But I'd quite like to see him turn into a proper footballer as well. And he really, he's kind of heading that way. I mean, it's... Uh, it's quite nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, I think I do believe that when Wenger had to argue his case vehemently about four years ago, when he said, "No, no, no, Song's going to be this absolutely fantastic footballer," and somehow the authorities believed him, and we all stood there slightly uh, um, mm. wondering how he got away with that. But yeah. obviously, you know, he he saw something there, which is which is coming good. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because how did um, and with no disrespect to him, and I, I remain to be convinced by by Song. I think he's obviously improved, but um, there are certain aspects of his game that. That make me a bit scared. But how did we get uh, an exceptional talent visa for Alex Song, but we couldn't get one for Carlos Vela? I have to say I have no idea because Alex Song really was, um, well, you know, he was really out of his league in the first couple of times we played him. But let, let's not forget he's a young. I don't know how Wenger did it. Oh, what on earth? I'd love to have seen his pitch. I can't even think of how we did it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even like to, to, to guess at this stage, but ultimately he managed it somehow. Maybe Uncle Rigobert had a word with the uh, the authorities. Almost certainly, yeah. I mean, you'd listen to someone like him. Maybe he did. He did like a hundred uh, knock knee ups on the hacky sack or something. I just don't know. But he uh, <laughs> he obviously won, earned it somehow, didn't he? Yeah. Do you remember? We I don't know if you do remember this, but we had this guy who was the world keepy ups champion on trial some years we, back. We he, did. Yeah, he did. He was amazing. Amazing. Apparently, um, with keepy ups. Not keepy ups with a hacky sack. Not not with a hacky sack. With an actual football. Oh, right. And he could do things with a football that, you know, even professional footballers look at and go, oh, my God, that's amazing. And we had him on trial for a couple of weeks, and turns out that, you know, once there's running and physical stuff involved, he wasn't very good. Well, it's a bit like saying, you know, I could do, we could do the Usain Bolt on the wing, isn't it? You, you kind of, it would be great, but then you kind of think, well, is he any good at football? Don't know. Well, the ball wouldn't move fast enough for him. He'd leave him <laughs> no, it would be a very strange physical phenomenon. Mm, all right. Well, look, uh, on that rather um, odd moment, uh, we, we better leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for talking to us. We'll talk to you on another Arsecast soon. Will do. Cheers. Thank you very much to the man from eastlower.co.uk. And don't forget to check out his blog. Uh, we're back. It's winter. So the sort of beer of the week this week, beer of the week this week, Paulaner, which is very tasty indeed. And I have this tremendous beer stein that I got uh, from a place called the Vienna in Barcelona. Uh, if you've ever been in Barcelona, there's a little place just on the right-hand side of the Ramblas as you're going down, 
And it's uh, it's kind of a fast food place, not McDonald's kind of fast food, but they do sandwiches and and chips and and that kind of stuff. Uh, and they have they give you your beer in these brilliant kind of steins, ceramic steins. And I have one of those, which makes my beer taste nicer. And if you're ever in Barcelona, go to the Vienna on the right hand side of the Rambles as you're going down and order the Pepito. It's called Pepito. It's about eight euros or something like that. But basically, what it is. Is a great big chunk of fillet steak. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, between two pieces of bread. They make their own bread and everything. It's fantastic. And they put a, a bit of tomato, a slice of tomato, and a few kind of pickles or gherkins or whatever, which are quite tasty. They're more tasty than they sound. And if you get the thing, if you get the right piece of meat, sometimes, very rarely, it's not right, but generally the meat is just kind of melt in your mouth. Oh, shit. I'm going, I'm, I have to go to Barcelona now. I'm going, I'll be back after the end of the See, it's just making me hungry even thinking about those. So it's called the Pepito. If you're ever in Barcelona, do go and have one of those. It comes with my um, highest recommendation. And, of course, have a, a stein of beer. Um, this. And motorists are advised to be careful on the N25 southbound this evening as an escaped rhino is making love to a Ford Transit in the outside lane. We'll have more traffic in an hour. Thank you very much, sexy Australian traffic girl, and the things I would say I would do to you if I wasn't on live radio, but I am. This is Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. We turn our attention to the Champions League in this week's action. Arsenal went to the Ukraine and drew 1-1. A quite pathetic performance, a quite pathetic result as well. It's now almost certain that Arsene Wenger's men will not qualify for the knockout stages. With me to discuss the game and the ramifications is a Annoying Scottish pundit. Every other channel's got one, so why can't we? Welcome to Talk Shite Radio. Hey, hello, hello. People were expecting great things from Arsenal in the Champions League this season. We know they got to the final, they got beaten, but they wanted to go one better this time around. It's just not going to happen now, is it? No, because, you know, when you're in Europe, you've got to go and do all the things that everybody says you've got to do. And unless you can do those things, then you're not going to get anything done. So for Arsenal to go out and not do the things that they didn't do, and also to do the things that they shouldn't have done, 
I basically, it makes it very difficult now for Arsenal. I am sitting here in awe of your football punditry skills. I don't know how you Scottish people do it. Every time you speak, it's just bang on the money. Theo Walcott, he had a great game for England, but he just can't do it for Arsenal, can he? What is the problem with Theo Walcott in the Arsenal side? He needs to move, maybe somewhere like Chelsea. Yeah, well, Theo's very fast, you know, and... He can run fast and and when he can do the stuff that he does down the right-hand side and sometimes on the left and then he runs very fast, it's a tremendous asset for any team. But, you know, basically what it is is that Theo Walcott is, he's so young and to expect him to be older... At this point in his life is... It's madness. I just do not know how you do it. We look at that Arsenal result 1-1 away from home and compare it to Manchester United. A 0-0 draw at home against the might of Villarreal. It's quite obvious that Arsenal are pathetic losers. Manchester United, they ground out a fantastic result at home. Let's not forget they did not drop points at home and Arsenal did not get all three points away from home. You're right, you're right. And Sir Alex or... Alecky, as I call him, will be thinking, point at home, that's nae bad, but a point away from home for Arsenal, that's not three points, is it? One point is not three points. If you don't have three points away from home, then that makes one point at home for somebody else, like Manchester United. Fantastic result for them. Brilliant. Annoying Scottish Pundit, thank you very much. That's about all we've got time for. We're going to take a short commercial break afterwards. We'll be back with FA Chief Brian Barwick, who explains the courageous decision to let John Terry off that red card. Talk show radio. Talking chat about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. It's true, though, isn't it? Every single station has got an annoying Scottish Pundit. Some of them even have two. Why would they do that to us? Anyway, the Arsblog Fantasy Football League, uh, Armini League is Arsblog Prem. The password is Arsblog if you still want to join up. Uh, the standings, as they are at the moment, uh, the top of the league is Attraction 11, who scored a massive 72 points last week, who's got 247 points. That puts him 26 points ahead of the second place, which is not Setos team, on 221. Mistaken on the pounce on 220. Bally Munner on 220 as well. Uh, Rock Warriors on 216. And Arsene's Red and White Army uh, on 214. Uh, the leader, Attraction 11, is actually number 6 overall in the whole of OleOle.com. So well done to you, sir. Keep it up. I think you should win the prize. Go for it. Uh, I've decided that the Arsblog prize, um, I give a first prize and a second prize for the Arsblog Mini League. Uh, uh, so it'll be an Arsenal shirt. Um, of some kind, uh, whatever Arsenal shirt you want, uh, whether you want a, a modern one, one of the new ones, or, or whether you want something from Tufts, for example, one of the vintage shirts, uh, we'll sort that out for you. And the second prize is, um, I didn't actually think about a second prize. How about an Arsenal DVD or something? Yeah. Anyway, we'll figure that one out when, when the time comes. Uh, oleole.com forward slash fantasy football if you fancy joining in on that. Still to come, some uh, looking ahead to the Bolton game. Now, though, the man in the bar has got a player history. Hello, 
and welcome to another old player history right here on the Earthcast. It's been a good old week for the lads, hasn't it? Good win against Blackburn and then a difficult trip away to Kiev. We might have won the game, we might have lost it also, but we got a point in the end and that's decent stuff out in Kiev. It's a strange kind of a place, so it is. We were out there many, many years ago for a stag weekend, long before it became fashionable to take all your friends to Eastern Europe and hang around places where, you know, things happen. We were out there for old Lobes McNulty, you see, we call him Lobes because he had the biggest earlobes anybody ever saw in their lives. Well, we went to a restaurant and hoarded what we thought were some steaks and, and the, the woman came out and I was, said, well, what is this? This is a baby. She said, that's all we do out here. We eat our own young. Suffice to say, I haven't been back since. Old Bobby goes back once a year, though he's rather partial to the infant a l'orange. Anyway, this week the player history is about a fella called Brian. His surname? Talbot. Now, Brian Talbot was born into a life of incredible wealth and luxury. His father invented the Talbot motor car, you see. The first ever drive of the Talbot Sugar, which was an eight-piston solid-fuel engine, took Mr. Talbot Sr. from Hampstead to East Finchley in a world record time of three and a half days. But he didn't want to be in cars. He wanted to play football, so he went all the way to Ipswich which at that point was so empty it was merely full of serial killers who were burying bodies everywhere they went. He played a load of times for Ipswich, including the 1978 Cup Final when we lost against Ipswich. But Terry Neal that day said, Hey, that fella's quite good. I'll buy him. And the next year, playing for Arsenal, he scored the opening goal in the Cup Final and won as we beat Manchester United three goals to two. He is, to this date, the only player ever to have won the FA Cup in consecutive years with different teams. He was a fit man. He was as strong as an ox. He was as proud as a lion. He was as something as a gazelle. And he played a total of 327 games for Arsenal, scoring nearly 50 goals. 49 and a half goals, to be precise. One of them was shared with Charlie Nicholas. When he left Arsenal, he went on to play for a whole load of teams, and then he became a manager, managing such teams as West Brom, Aldershot, Hibernian, Rushton and Diamonds, Oldham Athletic, Oxford United, and now he's with a team called Marsakalakalakalaks. Don't know where they play, but sounds like it's in space somewhere, making him the first Arsenal man to leave Earth's orbit since Peter's story hitched a lift on Apollo 11. It's true. Another player history from the man in the bar on next week's Arscast. Now, it's Bolton tomorrow. And of course, last season we played Bolton and and the first half was just the most appalling performance. It was dreadful. It really was. It had sort of come off the back of all those terrible draws and and we went there and we thought, well, you know, maybe we can get ourselves back on track and 2-0 down at halftime. And... I, I I thought Arse Blog was going to go into meltdown. People were on the arses. They were going spare. They were really, really upset because it was a dreadful, dreadful performance. And uh, the second half was quite the turnaround, if you remember. Uh, we had the, the goal from 
William Gallas. Penalty from uh, Robin Van Persie. And then Fabregas kind of scuttled one in off about three defenders' legs uh, to win the game for us 3-2. And this, of course, was after having Abu Dhabi sent off for a fairly horrible challenge. So it was quite quite the game. One of the most, in the end, in the end, one of the most enjoyable games of the season because uh, as much as it's great fun to beat somebody uh, 4-0 and not really be in that much danger, to come from two goals down away from home with 10 men against a team that's caused you problems season after season after season, everything, everything is sort of summed up in that one game, isn't it? The horror, the despair, the thought that you're going to lose, the the poor performance and and you go from this abject low to this incredible high Uh, and for me yeah that's it just sums up that was just football in one game so uh, I'm hopeful of course uh, that we'll beat Bolton about 5-0 tomorrow because uh, as much as it's enjoyable in the end um, as it's happening I'm I'm not sure I I enjoy it that much because there's just so much um, stress and emotion um so I would much prefer us to beat Bolton 4 or 5 nil, or even 1 nil, or 2 nil, or 2-1, but not, not come from two goals down and get a man sent off or anything like that. Uh, I suppose there's going to be some rotation in the team. Arsene Wenger has said uh, that uh, Nasri, uh, Silvestre, and Diaby are all out. They will not play uh, against Bolton tomorrow. So um, I suppose that leaves us open uh, to Theo Walcott on the left and uh, your man on the right. What's his name? Uh, Ibuwe. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Ibuwe. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Ebuwe. Ebuwe like mode of transport. Top three Ebuwe mode of transport. Number one. Tandem. Ebuwe looks sweet on bicycle made for two. Number two. Ford Mondeo. Ebuwe like spacious interior and fuel efficiency of diesel engine. Number three, a boy mode of transport. Stretcher. A boy like to be carried around. Make a boy feel like Cleopatra. Now, if you excuse a boy, a boy must go look for Antony. You go now. Tune in next week for more at home with a boy. Oh, baby. I suspect there will probably be some shuffling of the squad. We might see Bentner or Vela. Um, we might see both of them. Adi Bayor and Van Persie have played a good bit in the in the last little while. Uh, maybe the physical uh, partnership of uh, Adi Bayor and Bentner might get the nod. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Vela, though. I think I'm looking forward to seeing him play and, and break his way into the team. Uh, in midfield, there isn't really an awful lot we can do, really, is there? It's going to be Fabregas and Danielson again, especially with Nasri and Diaby out as well. At the back, we don't really have that many options either. We've got um, Juru, who could, 
come in for a game. Uh, but I'm not sure the boss is going to make too many changes there either. So uh, after that, we've got a week until the whole game, which is going to be pretty awesome because I'm going to be there. Really looking forward to that. My first trip over this season. Um, so uh, apart from all that, I can't think of anything else we should be talking about. So I'm going to leave it there for this week. Have yourselves a very good weekend. Fingers crossed we get the right result against Bolton. Uh, talk to you all weekend and all next week on the blog. And of course, on next week's Arscast. Take it easy now. Bye bye. This is Top of the Cunts, and this is the Top 5 Countdown. At number 5 this week, up two places from 7 last week, it is Chelsea's John Terry. At number 4, down 2 from 2, it's John Terry. At number 3 this week, up a massive 16 places with a bullet, unfortunately not in his head, it's John Terry. At number 2 this week, holding steady from last week, it is John Terry. And at number 1, for the 47th week in succession, it's just like when Adam and the Ants had all those singles out in the charts at the same time. That's right, it's John Terry. Join us next week for more Top of the Cunts. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.